Good Gabs, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. I seriously cannot believe the guests we're lining up. Dana Devine, our executive producer, is making magic happen today. We have another great guest. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about leadership. We're going to learn about the public health district. It is my pleasure to introduce. It's Dr. Frank Velasquez. Dr. V, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Well, really appreciate you joining us this morning. It's uh, just a, a new year, a lot of stuff going on. And yet, Dr. V, what's happening at the health district these days? I think the question is what's not happening at well, the health district these days. We're busy, as we always are. But uh, I think if you think about all of the programs that we have there, we touch so many segments of the community, pretty much almost everything. If you eat a, in a restaurant, we were there. If you go to school, we were there. If you go in a pool, maybe not today, but uh, in the summer, we were there. We're also uh, part of healthcare, part of long-term healthcare, part of uh, providers that uh, help those that need that are in need. So I think a health district has a lot of things that are happening pretty much every day. Right now, we're focusing on a few things that are very important. We're focusing on prevention, particularly respiratory illnesses. Okay, as that's you know, good timing. The season, so we have spent a lot of time with uh, all of our partners and. The way we do it is we convene, we partner, and we collaborate. And the reason for that is because it's not about what we can do as an organization, it's about what we can do as a community. So we bring all of our community partners together and that's how we get things done for the most part. That, that seems to be the Spokane way too, right? We well, power uh, and a lot of people moving in, in one direction. Well, Spokane has a unique collaborative spirit and I can mm. say that because I've lived in a lot of places, and you know every place is wonderful in its own way, but uh, Spokane has this um, spirit, which is if there's something that needs to get done, everybody says, "Well, what can I do?" Okay, so that so you say you've lived a lot of places. You think that's unique to us? Uh, I think it's very unique to the level that you see it here, and what I mean by that is uh, even in many other cities in which there's a collaboration as a general rule, and that, that's not necessarily as common everywhere, uh, is not to the level that you see it here. So think about the density of opportunity that we have in Spokane, in healthcare, in higher education, yep. in education, in sports. I mean, there's a very, very long list that is uh, disproportionate to the size of the community. And what I mean by that is we have a lot more than perhaps other communities our size, and although I've lived in bigger cities for the most part. Uh, Spokane has uh, a lot of the things that bigger cities have, except that it's more accessible and a lot more user-friendly. It's, it's amazing, right? Well, hey, don't let that secret get out, listeners. No, I try not to tell yeah. people, oh, Spokane, <laughs> no, don't, don't go there. It's too cold. No, I'm just kidding. Well, so um, how did you get to Spokane? What was your path? <clears throat> well, um, I was recruited here, uh, actually, it was 12 years ago. Uh, in January, a couple of days ago, actually. Nice. And I was recruited. New to year, yeah, new place. New place to be the CEO of PAMO, which, as you know, has uh, since then in transition to be a, a member of the LabCorp family. Yeah, the, t the testing facilities. Yeah, testing yeah. facilities. Well, a little bit more than that, because by the time we finished with PAMO, something that most people don't know, it was actually nine different companies. 
We I did not know that. Under yeah. a single umbrella. Uh, and our unique advantage in the national market is that we were always a community-centric organization that was here to partner and help you achieve whatever you wanted to achieve. We were not there to sell you anything. We were there to partner with you. So most people don't know that uh, Pamel did end up being a billion-dollar company. Right, yeah, huge. In 22 states, most people don't know that either because we branded locally. That was part of our... Uh, oh, in each community in each that community. you'd be in? Yeah. In, uh, like in Denver, we're Colorado Laboratory Services. And the way we did it is our partners in the community will be the front and center. We were kind of behind with the engine. I, I love that. Well, how did that experience like that you had, you know, helping be building a billion dollar company kind of moving into the like the public health world? Well, uh, that's an interesting journey because uh, technically this is my fourth professional career. All right. And when I say that, I mean uh, something in which I have a title or responsibility. I get paid to do it. So by definition, so I had a clinical career. I took care of patients for many years. I had uh, an academic career. I'm a full professor, former academic chair. Um, then I pivoted and became an executive, and Pamel was my third billion-dollar company. All right. I had two other companies um, in, in California, owned, one of them owned by a big company in New York. So, so how does that translate into public health? Well, uh, interesting. I, I did know a little bit about public health because uh, I did do my master's at the School of Public Health when I was pivoting to become an executive because I wanted to have that knowledge. Yeah, round out a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and having been in healthcare for, by then, almost 40 years. I started when I was six years old. That's how I spent 40 years in healthcare. Um, Naturally. No, yeah, yeah it's look one at of the those skin. Things. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, I did work a lot with public health in pretty much every region that I was at and every state that I was at and in all of the organizations that I had. But I had not been directly responsible for public health. But all of that background, including being an executive, which is all about leadership, yeah. uh, really helped me uh, transition into public health. And um, I think it's one of those things that I wasn't looking for. It found you? Found me, and it's perfect fit. Um, well, I can see that too, especially like those organizations that had so many different things going on. You're like, oh yeah, I, I know about that. I can help you. I can well, help this district. Yeah, and having had um, the ability to participate in a lot of segments of the community because of what I did before, because um, not only was I in the corporate world, but I also worked with healthcare. I was uh, heavily involved, and I still am, in medical education with both medical schools and the university district and GSI and all of these other places. So I had a really, really broad perspective on the community, and more importantly, I had a working relationship with most people here, uh, particularly right. those that we needed to say, hey, I need you at the table because this is a challenge and I need your help so we can deliver to the community. So that was very helpful and um, it's all about leadership at that point. I do have to say, I couldn't have done what I've done without uh, the team around me. We have a great team. We have um, 280 plus people who are experts in their areas and have a unique level of expertise and knowledge, and they're very, very committed. That's uh, great to public hear. Public health is a calling. Uh, I remember when I was 
having the initial conversation. Part of that was, well, we cannot afford a former CEO. Go like, well, it, it, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is about how can we help the community? And if you look at all of our uh, staff, all of our team members, they all, uh, they're all about what can I do for the community? What can I do to help? It's not about them. It's not about what they can do. It's about what can I do for the community? What can I do for this population? What can I do for this organization? It's really in service to others. It's all about service. Yeah. And it's true, true service. The, the level of empathy and compassion in that organization is totally amazing to me. Uh, and that is complemented very nicely but by a significant level of knowledge, skill, and experience. So it's not it's just amazing. about the heart. Yeah, they, they have can the heart, get it done. But they can get it done because they know what they're doing. So I tell the team um, many of the times that I'm talking about the accomplishments, I can only do that because of all the work they do. Because I'm not. The, it's not about what I can do. I'm just one person. It's about what we can do, and we 280 people working together to deliver for the community. That's what we do every day. I love that, and I, I, I definitely that resonates with me. Just thinking about you know leadership, and yeah, I I help you know lead a team of we support about 200 people in three states, and it's I couldn't do anything without the bigger group and I'm in service to them and I'm curious you've been in a lot of companies you're now you know leading the public health district what's your kind of leadership philosophy I know our listeners would love to know I'd love to know sure well um, I think it's very simple um, I know what I know more importantly I know what I don't know I always ask I always want to know what what's your thought what are you thinking about it and I don't tell people what to do. Um, I ask all of us, so what do you think we need to do? So typically my leadership style is one that is uh, more bring everybody together, we're all at the table, we're all equal, let's talk about it. And leverage that experience leverage that and experience, expertise. Then point, put front and center, those that can do it, not necessarily me. Because again, it's not about me, it's about uh, the really developing all of these folks, particularly those that are coming two generations behind me, uh -huh. that are the future leaders of this organization who are already there. Uh, part of my job is to make sure that they're nurtured and have the opportunity to grow. So I think my secret, pretty straightforward, um, is I just, I'm just a member of the team. No one works for me. We all work with and for so my job is to remove obstacles from their path, uh -huh. keep everybody focused on what they need to do, and if we there's something we don't do as well, stand up and say, well, this is what happened and this is what we're gonna do, um, and make sure that I protect and support the team at all times. Uh, I think that's how it works. And I'd work for your team, I love that philosophy. Well, thank yeah. you. I'll it's effective, right? Yeah. Well, it is effective, and I, I've been very fortunate that I have worked with lots and lots and lots of people, and interesting enough, I'm still in touch with a lot of people I worked through for many years, all the way back to my early days in Boston. Uh, and they're all, hey, Dr. V, you know, how are you? Can, or I'm thinking about a new job, uh, you know, I wanna bat this around with you, or I have a kid, or whatever or I'm gonna be in town, or if you're gonna be in town. So I think uh, you build a relationship, and for that, there has to be a couple of components. Uh, first of all, there has to be um, a level of trust, and the, the trust yep. needs to be gained. Right. 
and uh, it's easy it, to lose, hard to earn, right? It takes a long time to go. It takes thirty seconds to uh, lose it. It takes a long time to earn. But the team knows that I'm I'm a hundred percent behind them and next to them all the time. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Uh, the team is a team, and I don't do negative. I don't criticize, and I. Because who am I to criticize anyone? Um, Interesting. I never go, well, I could have done this. Uh -huh. yeah, so, okay, that we did that. That was a good thing. Um, so what else can we do? And what is the next step? And how can we get it done? And who has the skills to get it done? And who can learn uh, from it? So I think it's a very collaborative style as opposed to a uh, more authoritarian style. And when I started as an executive uh, or studying uh, healthcare leadership, um, there was a trend of being a tough guy. Right. <laughs> I did try for about three months. Uh, <laughs> it just didn't sit right. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, I was kind of miserable every day, so <laughs> I was going, I can't do that. I have to be myself. And, you know, you don't have to like me. Uh, I don't have to like you. It's better if we do. But I, you need to be able to trust me, and I need to be able to trust you. Yeah, start there. At that that start at the beginning. Uh, once you have that trust, and there's integrity in that relationship, and there's honesty in that relationship, you can pretty much work with anyone. Um, that philosophy truly resonates, and I appreciate that. I think that probably also, I imagine, like, the public has to trust their, you know, the public health district. So, like, building trust, that communication going out, like, how, how does the district build that trust and communicate out there? What are the different ways that sure. to get information out? And that's a very good question because... It's also about that trust. <laughs> and the trust implies um, I will be factual. I will provide you as much information as I can, knowing that at the end of the day, you need to make that decision. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to guide you in the process and provide you as much information as you need to make a particular decision that hopefully is good, is good decision for you. So that's number one. Uh, you will never hear me say, this is what I, you all need me to do. You will hear me say, this is what we know thus far. These are the facts. This is the information. This is why it is important. And this is what we, I never say you, we can all do about it. Example, we do a Facebook Live every Wednesday. Nice. And we just finished one on respiratory illness because it's the season. Yep, and it's happening right now. Yep. And uh, I ended with the most important thing we can all do. You know what it is? Wash your hands. Simple as that. Okay, Kathy, you were right. She's my wife. She's like, Steve, your hand washing is uh, going downhill a little bit. She got me back on board because well, I got sick about a month ago. Hand washing yeah. is, um, goes back to when we discovered that uh, post-surgical infections many decades ago went down when surgeons started washing their hands. Isn't that amazing? But uh, in terms of communication, we try to use as many avenues, as many vehicles, and very importantly, as many trusted messengers as we can. And the reason why I say that is because there are many segments in this community, there are many components of the community, and uh, for each one of those, um, being able to have the appropriate messenger with the appropriate message is very important, even if the information is the same. That makes it's sense. how it is it presented. And I do know that because I'm the guy with the badge, so maybe I'm not the trusted messenger in some areas. 
but we do have enough community partners that are indeed those messengers. That's so really creative. Yeah, and that's that partnership again. Finding well, the people with the expertise, the connections, the relationships, and just leveraging their expertise. And they have the trust. Yeah. So as we have done that, then the trust in the organization and the trust in the people in the organization goes up. So now we can, by now, um, I'm three years plus later, I can tell you we can pretty much show up almost anywhere, and people know that we're there to help. I know from my perspective, it's like the health district has a wonderful reputation. But thank and you. We work very hard, and one of my goals, um, one of the reasons why I stay in the agency, first of all, I love the work and the people, but uh, second of all, I want to make sure that we as a community had as much knowledge of what happens in that building as possible. And the reason for that is because our only reason to be there is a community. Our reason, the reason for our existence is a community. There's no, there's no other reason. We're not an academic facility and the search of knowledge. We're there to protect and prevent and help the public. That's all we do, which is very important, by the way. So Very. Uh, yeah. So I think as a, we as citizens, we, we should know. Yeah, and that transparency, again, builds trust. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we do use, um, we do write articles mm -hmm. in the various newspapers, in the Country Medical Society. We use social media. We have the Facebook Live. We do a lot of content because content is important. And what I mean by that is things that you can, you know, disperse through your social media, for example. We do um, a lot of information in multiple languages. Awesome. So sure. access. Yeah, ac well, uh, well, how useful is information if you don't really understand it? Not. Not <laughs> very useful. And we have found that uh, sometimes just translating it so those that for whom English may not be the first language, like I was born in Spain, so it's my second language. Technically, it was my fourth language. But anyway, be that as it may, um, sometimes it is important to make sure that information is available within the context that would be readily understandable while people, you know, learn English or whatever they need to do later. So we do that. And very importantly, we have leveraged all of our community connections. Like right now, the team is over at the convention center because we have the uh, Homeless Connect um, event coming up on the 25th. So, so getting prepared. We've been working with them just to make sure that we provide them as much guidance, information, and assistance so the event can be as successful and as safe as possible. Underscore safety, that's yeah. our job, you know? The event is going to be wonderful because of all the participants, our job is to make sure that it's wonderfully safe, which is our job. And we do that very quietly. That most people don't know in the things that we have in, we are involved because we're not out there looking for a pat in the back. Right. But I know you're just getting the good work done every day. Done. The big highlights come when things aren't going great. And well, um, that's it. Uh, nuance of public health, because typically we don't hear about it unless there's some reason to hear about it. And that is good, but it also makes it a little bit confusing sometimes to understand what is it that we do. Because you only hear about it when something happens. Well, that's why I love that like, our listeners, if they want to get content, like they need to be going to your website. They need to like you all on Facebook. And they're going to start getting and receiving a lot more information, probably a real diverse set of information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I always do in my Facebook lives, I always tell people, don't forget to go to our website. And sometimes we just show it. Go over here, and this is everything you need to know 
is right there. And if you have any questions, there's ways for you to contact us and we'll give you any other information that you need. So we have a team um, in our communications uh, area that really keeps our website user-friendly and very importantly, updated. Smart. Because things happen yeah, and things does. change. And whatever we're talking about a week ago, uh, probably not what we're gonna talk about next week. So we, we really, really have put a lot of effort on that. Because nowadays, a lot of people uh, get their information through digital services, Definitely. not necessarily through the newspaper. Although we do continue to use all avenues, uh, whether it's newspapers or radio or TV or digital, whatever it may be, so people can get the information. Or we go to community centers and other organizations to share the information. At. Like, you know, we've all been in like a thousand different places in the last two years. Absolutely. It's incredible. I just, I, I, I know I'm going to follow that a little bit more. Um, and you're everywhere too. Like I saw you um, from afar at a event at Teen and Kid Closet. Uh, you uh, were there at an open house. Dana Devine, our executive sure. producer, she's like, Steve, come on. And we had Robin Nance on the show. And she's mm -hmm. like, come show up, see what's going on. How are you connected to that group? Well, um, our uh, director of communications and government affairs uh, kelly hawkins knew about the event and she thought i may be i may enjoy being part of it so i get invited to a lot of things and a lot of things i already know because of my uh connectivity in the community because of all i'm still on like nine different boards nine <laughs> yeah i was on 12 but i've been downsizing a little bit good for you teach me how to say no i need well, to learn uh, my wife tells me that i'm genetically incapable of saying no <laughs> and uh the good news I term, so I have to actually leave. It's not that I necessarily want to leave, but when you term off, you have to leave. But I do try to participate in community activities because it, it always amazes me all of the things that are happening and are being done in this community that it will be important for us to know. Yeah. And if I know about it, I can share it with someone and say, hey, did, did you hear about? Like I just mentioned that event at the convention center. Well, I happen to know about that. We're involved with that. So I think it's good for people to know. There's going to be a lot of information there, a lot of access to other opportunities. So I think the more we all know about the community, the better. And one of my, uh, the statements I made to the team all the time is we should never be a mystery. Everybody should be able to point to that building and say, I think there's at least three things that happened here. I know what they are. I love that. Well, and we know the building. It's a real unique one. Uh, yeah. 1976, uh, built by the Ghost Button Construction Company, which is now Button Construction. I happen to have the ceremonial shovel in my office. Oh, really? Is it gold? Uh, uh, not really. <laughs> it's goldish. Yeah. A little gold, oxidization. Gold -like. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so uh, I, it was there somewhere in a corner, one of the remodels. I put it in my office because I think it is important and it's something I learned from my grandmother. It's always important to know where you came from and why you're here. Yeah. And, and that brings us back to why the community felt the need to have an organization like ours there and why that building was built. And the building is a building. The people is what make us what it is, but it's still a symbol. Sure. It's very symbolic. And it's a very interesting building, <laughs> architecturally speaking. Uh, there are various opinions about it. Uh, it's been called an octopus, a spaceship, a uh, fortress. I can't remember what else. So. Yeah, I called it the castle when I was a little kid. Yeah, the well, it does. I like it. <laughs> I, I think it's a very unique yeah. uh, building and very is good for the unique 
a number of things that happen there. But don't forget that we also have other facilities in the community, like our WIC programs are distributed in uh, the neighborhoods in which it's important for those programs to be. Our treatment services just moved to a new facility because we keep growing up on 8th Avenue. So it's that building may be the, the core that everybody knows, but we are in the community. But you're, yeah, everywhere. Be. Yeah. Where did that heart for service come for you? That's a good question. Um, and uh, so I had around me growing up uh, people that were very service-oriented. Um, and my grandmother, who raised me uh, when I was uh, little, always told me uh, sitting on the sidelines and pointing the finger and criticizing takes no effort, no ownership, doesn't really do anything. So the true measure is are you willing to put your shoulder to it and move it forward? So instead of just sitting on the sidelines, just go in. If you think there's something that needs to get done or you can help with it, just get in and get it done and stop talking about it. So I, I think um, it's something that I saw in my family and something that I've been doing for like forever. I love your grandma. That's good. That's a, she was the wisest core. person I ever met. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Took me 30 years to figure that out. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we all come around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, she, you <laughs> told me a lot of uh, lessons learned that I still use to this day. The one thing that I've done over the last 25 plus years is uh, actually more close to 30 now. Mentor, uh, mentor people. Because I had some good mentors, and they all told me, um, we don't want anything from you. Uh, all we want is someday you may be in a position to do the same for others. That's all we want you to do. So I have mentored a whole wow. bunch of people. I still, uh, every year, I have at least a couple of people that I'm mentoring. And I use a lot of the lessons learned from my, my grandmother when I was growing up, growing up on the farm, like things that really, really uh, molded who I am as a person. It's part of my core. And it's part of the lessons learned, and uh, they all write it down and keep it. By the way, yeah. Well, and hopefully they will pass some of those lessons on. Well, someday. Um, my request to them is: I'm very happy to do this and help you as much as I can. Someday you're going to be in a position to do that, so you got to pay it forward. That's usually the way it should be. Doctor Velasquez, that's beautiful. I am so happy that you're in Spokane. And that you're you're giving back to this community in just so many different ways, and thank you for that. And well, when you're when you're looking at our community, like, is there anything that you hope that maybe yourself or your team or the district that you want to like shine a light on over the next like you know year or two? Yeah, well, like uh, many other communities all over the country, all over the world, <coughs> we do have a few challenges. And I do believe as we're coming together, whether we're talking about um, substance use like fentanyl and psilocybin and all these other uh, terrible uh, things that we occasionally do to ourselves, it never ceases to amaze me. We human beings um, have a, a creative capacity that is amazing. Sometimes we create things that are not that great. Yep. And you go like, huh, what would have happened if instead of doing that, I did something that was good? You know, but be that as it may, so I think uh, we want to make sure that we're providing as much support, education, and the services to help people transition and be the best version of themselves. So I think we're uh, is one of the areas that we have worked to do as a community. I think um, 
housing and homelessness is an area that we as a nation have some challenges and locally we do too. I do believe that as we continue to come together, we'll improve that situation. Uh, there's no, I'm an optimist. Me too. So I always look at what is it that we can do and not, well, we can't do that. So no is kind of not great word. Although sometimes you have to say, no, I can't do that, but you know, be that as it may. So I think uh, that's true. I think three, we have a wonderful educational system at all levels. We have to make sure that our younger generations are driving the full benefit of that. I know if you talk to our partners in K through 12, uh, they have some concerns that we're, we're not really, some of our students are not following through and not getting what they need, not because it's not there, but because Perhaps as a community, we have not aligned all of those resources appropriately. So I know our K through 12 partners are doing a great job. And coincidentally, if you look at the statistics in K through 12 education, Spokane is rates really high. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, we rate really high compared to, <laughs> I don't like to compare, but if you were to compare <laughs> to other places around the state, and the reason for that is because there is that, uh, a lot of that same can do what can we do, what should we do, and who needs to do it, attitude. And the most important thing any of us can do is make sure that those that are coming after us have everything they need to be successful the same way uh, we all are. And I say that in a very global way, again, something that my grandmother taught me, which is every endeavor, every responsibility, every job that a person can do is important. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is, because something that you may think is very small, but without that, nothing else is gonna happen. So I think um, I tend to look at it in that perspective. So there's a few things that we need to focus, and as you know, the reason why I bring up the younger generation is we've had some issues with mental health as, as a nation, and globally. Uh, for a variety of reasons. So we have to make sure that we get back into the, the nurturing, the growing, the providing, and the guiding, uh, and providing all of those opportunities that those very bright minds need to be successful as they go forward. We appreciate those insights. You heard it here, everybody. Get connected to the Spokane Regional Health District. Find their social media. Find their website. Dr. V., Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And um, I do appreciate the opportunity because this, again, another way to connect with the community and remind everybody, if you need any information, you want to know anything, srhc.org, first place to go. Deal. Thank you. You have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.